You're listening to P.F.'s Tape Recorder. This is the biggest name in comedy, Kostaki Economopolis. Cho-cho-cho-cho-chiffinch. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Graham Elwood takes matters into his own hands. We were still just fan of comics and filmmakers that were just a little frustrated with uh, Hollywood, and we just said, well, let's make our own thing, and the technology was such that we could do it. Plus, Governor Rick Perry has some interesting friends. Alan West debunks the separation of church and state, almost, and Michelle Bachman blames President Obama for the Arab Spring. But first, as always, fake news. Fake news with me. L-word actress Leisha Haley was escorted off a Southwest Airlines flight for excessive kissing with girlfriend Camilla Gray. Twitter exploded with comments. The story was all over the media, and Charlie Sheen signed up for Southwest's frequent flyer program. He was already a member of their Mile High Club, of course. In other similar news, L-word politician Dennis Kucinich was escorted off a plane for insisting on a health care bill with a public option. Sarah Palin is threatening to sue author Joe McKinnis and his publisher for, quote, knowingly publishing false statements, unquote, about the ex-Alaska governor in his book, The Rogue. Palin said, quote, it was the most disgusting, vile thing I've ever read, and I've read a book or two. The Dead Sea Scrolls are online. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls entered the digital age this week with the launch of an online project that allows users to search through and read high-resolution versions of the 2,000-year-old texts. As uh, soon as rights clearances can be granted, they will be downloadable on iTunes for 99 cents each. Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey yanked $420,000 in tax credits from the MTV reality show Jersey Shore this past Monday. He said, quote, I have no interest in policing the content of such projects, Christie wrote in a letter to the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, inform informing them of his veto. However, as chief executive, I am duty-bound to ensure that taxpayers are not footing a $420,000 bill for a project which does nothing but, per per but perpetrate misconceptions about the state and its citizens. Christie then said, perhaps someone should pay a visit to the Jersey Shore set and pick up some of the uh, protection money from the show. It's a nice show. You wouldn't want anything to happen to it, you know? Set could catch on fire. Uh, someone could have an accident. Someone could slip and fall. You don't know. Facebook continues to be the subject of rumors that it will soon start charging to use the social media site. Facebook officials vehemently deny the allegations. In fact, if you go to the site's front page now, it says, free and always will be. And then in tiny print at the bottom it says, and all we ask for is your soul. Charlie Sheen has settled his lawsuit with the Warner Brothers over his uh, dismissal from two and a half men. Apparently instead of $100 million, which is what he was asking for, he'll get $25 million and a porn star to be named later. Uh, speaking of the uh, two and a half men, uh, you probably saw the uh, big debut with Ashton Kutcher, but we have a uh, deleted scene, uh, a scene in which actually kind of explains what happened to Charlie. I know they showed, they told you the story that uh, Rose pushed him in front of a uh, metro train there in uh, Paris. There was an alternate scene, though. Well, we just have a listen, and, and here you'll see what happened to, to uh, Charlie. Ha 
Charlie? Charlie? Oh, he must be outside. Of course, getting into a limo. Uh, uh, Charlie? Uh, Charlie, look out! Well, of course, we are in uh, campaign season now with the, uh, all the uh, GOP Republican debates going on. And, of course, Rick Perry jumped into the race a couple of weeks ago. And right before he did, of course, he had a, a big gathering in their Reliant Stadium in Houston and uh, wanted to really, I guess, assure the voting populace that, uh, that his campaign was rooted in, in logic and, and, and deep, uh, thoughtful reasoning. And, and among one of his guests uh, was a gentleman named John Benefiel. He's an interesting man. Uh, I'll just play you some clips here of him because they are just uh, hilarious in a frightening sort of way. But uh, here's the first one uh, where he is discussing uh, homosexuality. But we are against homosexuality because the Bible very clearly, God says, I hate it. Don't do it. Okay, well, that's not crazy. I mean, it's a little mean, but it's uh, not completely crazy. Uh, do you have anything really crazy, Pastor Benefiel? Homosexuality is a great way to control the population. And do you understand, uh, the, oh yeah, I'm serious about this, and I've seen this in lots of places, that the entity that we would call the Illuminati, which is really over above Freemasonry, has stated it as their goal to limit the world population to no more than 500 million. Do you realize that means getting rid of all of us because there's between 6 and 7 billion people in the world today, and to get from 6 to 7 billion down to 500 million, you're going to have to kill a lot of people off. I like the Freemason stuff. That's, that's some good crazy stuff. But can you, can you really drive it home with a slam dunk, Pastor Benefields? What do you think the health care bill is? Oh, yes, it's a death culture. And what do you think? What about homosexuality? That's a great way to limit the population. And a nice callback there to the homosexuality, Pastor Benefields. Well done. Okay, well, that's all well and good. But uh, what about those politicians in Washington, D.C.? I mean, is there anything we can do about them? I mean, beyond becoming educated and involved and finding out what's going on and voting them out? Can we do something easier than that? Uh, well, Pastor Benefield's actually uh, been a proactive uh, in that, and he's, they, they, he's gone ahead and done something. Well, in December of 2009, we gathered one leader from all 50 states to divorce bail. And as we were there, we renamed the District of Columbia the District of Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, well, that's sorted, as the English say. Uh, but surely there are other threats in other parts of the United States. Uh, can you tell us about one of those, Pastor Benefields? Libertas is also called the Freedom Goddess, Lady Freedom, the Goddess of Liberty. Do you know there's a statue in New York Harbor called the Statue of Liberty. You know where we got it from? French Freemasons. Listen, folks, that is an idol, a demonic idol, right there in the middle of New York Harbor. And now the earthquake damage to the Washington Monument suddenly makes sense. A lot of the uh, Tea Party folks support Alan West. He's a military man. He's a straight shooter. And uh, he actually does not know a lot about the Constitution like he thinks he does. Uh, here he is discussing with some folks uh, the separation of church and state in the Constitution. When people talk about separation of church and state, if you know your Declaration of Independence, if you know your United States Constitution, you can tell them it's not there. Not there. Separation of church and state. 
was only a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Convention that said, very simply, we in the United States of America will not have a country where the head of the state is also the head of the church. Allen West, of course, confident that no one's going to look up that letter to the Danbury Baptists, but, but fortunately you have me to do that, and uh, in the letter, I'll skip ahead here, Thomas Jefferson says, I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people, which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. I think it's pretty clear what Jefferson meant. Well, not to be outdone in the crazy sweepstakes, of course, uh, there's always Michelle Bachman. You can always count on her. And I found this clip uh, at the last minute when I was putting this uh, show together. I was looking up a story for fake news, and I saw this clip. Uh, Michelle Bachman blames Barack Obama for the Arab Spring. Yes, it's all his fault, you see. Have a listen. So, too, under Barack Obama, we saw him put a lot of daylight between our relationship with our ally, Israel. And when he called upon Israel to retreat to its indefensible 1967 borders, don't think that message wasn't lost on Israel's 26 hostile neighbors. You want to know why we have an Arab Spring? Barack Obama has laid the table for an Arab Spring by demonstrating weakness from the United States of America. Yeah, so thanks to Barack Obama, people in Tunisia and in Libya and in Syria and in Egypt are no longer living under uh, uh, the boot of an autocratic dictatorship with limited rights, and now they might have to live under a democracy. What a jerk. Okay, so enough of that foolishness. Time for the big interview with Graham Elwood. He's a uh, stand-up comedian. He runs the uh, website Comedy Film Nerds with Chris Mancini. They also do a podcast, which I recommend. And uh, this was recorded back in August, I believe, when Graham was in Cincinnati. So he's going to refer to a Cincinnati date that's already happened, but I couldn't take that out in post, as cool as that sounds, uh, without kind of uh, disrupting some funny stuff that Graham said. So just keep that in mind, and then I'll give you some dates uh, of his at the end of the program. Here's our interview with Graham Elwood. Okay, joining us on the tape recorder today is Graham Elwood, uh, touring headlining stand-up comedian, as well as host of the Comedy Film Nerds podcast, along with Chris Mancini. Uh, Graham, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, I guess something people uh, don't know about you, uh, I only know about this because we discussed it last time we spoke uh, about a year ago, is you're also a aficionado of uh, 70s crime dramas. Yes, I'm a big, uh, mainly, uh, I love crime novels, but really like 70s cop shows. Like I grew up watching Hawaii Five-O and Streets of San Francisco and Mannix, and and uh, I love those shows. Yeah, we um we got the cable ripped out here a couple of months ago, and uh, we only get over-the-air TV now, but two of the stations in town... Uh, have on their sub channels carry uh, a lot of uh, old shows, and a lot of them are your Rockford Files, Hawaii Five O, and and stuff like that. <laughs> Rockford Files is great because he's always get eating bad food and yeah. he's always getting beaten up. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Like he's always eating so like something. He gets some bad piece of news, and then he's just him just like ah throws the food away, and yeah. <laughs> they cut to a commercial. But he's driving a nice car. 
Yeah, he's got a sweet ride, and he's got a nice sports coat. Yep. Oh, that's true. That's true. Gotta have that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember. I sent you a picture of my brother's uh, replica of Jim Rockford's 1974 Firebird. <laughs> yeah, that was an awesome photo. I love those movies so much that I I used to do this uh, character called Detective Kent Stryker, ah. um, who was like a, a tough as nails cop who would read beat poetry and even made a movie, <laughs> a short film called Hello Junkie. Oh yeah, that's right. Where like yeah, Stryker goes around and. You know, beats up junkies and then reads and they read poetry. That's how he expresses himself. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've listened to, uh, of course, several of the uh, comedy film nerd podcasts, but it's really more film focused. You don't get much too much into uh, TV, uh, as I recall. Yeah, we rarely go. I mean, if there's sometimes we'll we'll bring up a TV show once in a while, but it's really it's the whole film. I mean, the whole website and everything is all comedy and film. So. Um, because uh, Chris Mancini, my co-host, he's, he's a filmmaker as well, so um, that's our main focus. But there's a lot of good TV out there that I'd gladly talk about on another show. You know, there's a, a trend I noticed. Um, I host a trivia night at a local restaurant here in town, and I was coming up with categories the other night, and one of them was movies turned into TV shows. And I noticed, you know what, we really don't see a lot of that anymore, although we still do see a little bit of the reverse, uh, TV shows being made backwards into movies. Yeah, you've seen, I mean, like, Friday Night Lights is probably the best example recently. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's an excellent show. Uh, you know, the movie I thought was very good, and they stayed true to the book, but uh, when the series first came out, I was like, oh, come on. And now I think it's, you know, I'm sad it's leaving, it's gone off the air, because it was, it's, it's, it was a great show. I mean, it was five seasons of, of great TV. Yeah, I didn't think the and book... I think they even took, I think they even took the character's and the premise and everything and really made it even better in a anthology show because you could you could um, or not an anthology but just in a TV series because you could really go into the characters deeper than you could with the film you know like you yeah. really get to know them more and see what they're what everything that they go through which I love yeah I don't think the the movie did stay quite as true to the book as I thought it was going to Although the book was really more of a, a journalistic exercise of the guy that wrote it and really kind of looking more at the, the psyche of uh, Texas and high school yeah. football, where I think, I guess, the movie, you kind of have to more pay attention to the individual characters. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they stay true to the fact, and at least that they didn't... Uh, what I liked about the accuracy from the book to the film was that they didn't... You know, the team lost. They, they went all the way to the state championship and lost. Yeah. You know, like that, that was the, you know, um, what those kids go through and, and what Texas football is like, especially in a small town, how important it is and all that stuff. But the TV series is just amazing. And all the actors they get have just been phenomenal. Like, I'm really sad to see that show go. Yeah. Uh, of course, the uh, onslaught of reality TV has really kind of ruined things as well. So we're getting a lot less Ugh. scripted drama and That's scripted That's why we don't talk comedy. about TV on my film podcast, because <laughs> most of it's bull****. There you go. Um, you know, the, the one weird thing, going back to Friday Night Lights just for a second, that I found weird about that whole situation was I remember reading the book, only one guy from that whole high school ever made it to the NFL, and he was a lineman for the yeah. Houston Oilers. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the high school over in Indiana, I know at least, uh, uh, Holiday High, where uh, Holiday World is, it's a Heritage High School, uh, they had uh, Jay Cutler, and one of the New England Patriots went there, and there's a lot of schools that have produced a lot of NFL players, yet it's, I don't know, Texas gets the love, I guess, because they're just so uh, you know, feverently behind their teams. 
Well, like small town Texas football, I don't think there's anything like it. I mean, small town high school football is a big deal in most cities in America, but the way the way it is in Texas, it's crazy. You know, it it, it is truly crazy. And then if you think about, you know, there's mil, there's probably a couple million high school football players out there, and there's only fifteen hundred guys in the NFL. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I went to a high school, uh, you know, Evanston, just outside of Chicago. It's a big 6 A school. We had 3,600 kids, and, you know, a lot of guys I played with and against went to Division One schools, but the number that make it to the NFL was like, I don't know, maybe two or three guys out of my whole high school in the last 30, 40 years have gone pro. Yeah, it's kind of like, almost like the same odds as showbiz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but of course, in showbiz, you can always eke out a living, you know, you know, in the margins, and, and still do okay. Yeah, I, to me, showbiz is different in that, that if you're making your living in show business and you've you've succeeded, you've accomplished something big because that's not easy to do. No. You know, where sports is so much more definitive, like just to make it into the NFL is just hot, like brutal. You know, like I don't know. I guess you can sort of. I guess baseball is probably a better analogy in that you have, you know, if you're playing minor league baseball, you know, you might not be a household name, but you're still a professional baseball player. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of what being a road comic is like, <laughs> you know. As I say, speaking of which, you are going to be headlining uh, when you come to Cincinnati. Yes, the uh, Go Bananas yes. uh, in Cincinnati, which is uh, my second time headlining it. I think I've been to the club three times. Excuse me, I came once before with Doug. There you Benson, go. Um, and uh, and then I headlined it last July. And here again, yeah, that's a great club. I really love that club. I'm going to record a new album uh, next week there. So wow, everybody's it, doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good place. That's the place to record your album. Yeah, we would like to have Doug yeah. on the podcast, but unfortunately, that would just be me reading questions answered over email. So I, I think that'd be very exciting. <laughs> Anybody, uh, folks out there who are fans of Doug Benson probably know that he does not he does not do interviews uh, with weekly papers or um, podcasts that only a dozen people listen to. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's hard to nail down. Little little judicious when it comes to his uh, interview interviews, Hill Grant. But um, love his podcast. Uh, you're on that uh, often as well. Doug loves movies. That's a fun podcast, and the great thing about it is it's become so popular in the Leonard Malton game. Yes. Uh, and, like, the Woot Monkeys, giving out Woot Monkeys has been so so popular that, like, we now, when he and I go do stand-up at the end of his set, we'll bring a contestant out of the audience and play the Leonard Malton game and give them a Woot Monkey, which has been awesome because we met the Woot Monkey guys in when we were working Cap City Comedy Club in Austin, Texas. And they were fans also of, of comedy film nerds, so they sent us a box of them. So now, if you buy a gift pack on comedy film nerds, or even our, we have two comedy film nerd shirts, we'll give you a free whoop monkey because we got a, we got like a hundred of them. Awesome! <laughs> Sounds like a great deal. Yeah. So, how long have you been doing comedy film nerds? You're into what your sixtieth episode? We just launched, the sixty-sixth episode just dropped on uh, July nineteenth. We started the website in April of '08. Uh, just movie reviews written by stand-up comics, and we, you know, we got a little online store. Like I said, we sell like my CD and Doug's CD and a couple other filmmaker stuff. And then, uh, so we did that, you know, for about a year and a half. And then, you know, Chris and I kept being guests on so many other people's podcasts that our fans just kept saying, "You guys should do a podcast." And then we launched that 
like beginning of, of 2010. And, you know, we did it every couple weeks. We did like two a month and then we started doing them once a week and then it's really grown. It's huge. Podcasting is so great. Like we've, we've grown this really big and loyal off audience and uh, they're all over the world. It's re- it's a really cool thing. And uh, it's kind of become a uh, kind of a, I guess, a, an umbrella for other things you guys want to do as far as making uh, films and uh, promoting other stuff as well. Yeah, Chris and I, you know, we really were like, we were just stand-up comics and filmmakers that were just a little frustrated with uh, Hollywood, and we just said, well, let's make our own thing, and the technology was such that we could do it. And now we sort of have this brand, you know, we wanted, we do live shows, and, um, we, you know, we were producing, and, and, you know, we've got some film projects coming up, and, and you know, books and CDs and stuff that we're going to make. I mean, ultimately, we, we want to be like, we want to produce movies and also be a distributor of them, you know, when we launched Afghanistan this in April as a pay what you think is fair download, it was our first ever feature film for download, and there's not many websites that have the capability to do that outside of iTunes. And it's been really cool. Now we have Henry Phillips' movie, Punching the Clown, and we're going to get Dean Haglund's movie, um, The Truth is Out There, as a pay what you think is fair download. So it's, it's really kind of awesome. It's this very empowering thing where I don't need uh, network executives or some... 24-year-old development executive at a studio telling me what they think I should be doing. They're giving you notes. Yeah, because they're morons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, It's amazing when they try to tell me or any professional comic, like, what's funny? I'm like, oh, really? You've been performing all over the country for the last 10, 15 years? <laughs> yeah. Really? It, it's amazing. You really pe- think you know that? It's amazing people get those jobs. Oh, it's, it's, it's uh, a director said to me once. Show business is the only place where, in order to get hired, you need to have a D average. <laughs> so ultimately, uh, would you see yourself as a more of a big media mogul, uh, like Jerry Seinfeld, kind of where you're able to produce stuff, or, or playing bigger theaters, or both, like he's doing? What's what's kind of the big picture? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think big picture for us is like we love doing the live shows. We love doing the podcast, and we just want to just do more, you know, basically just did this because we were like, let's get paid to do what we already love doing. So, you know, uh, if it, we'd love to do some kind of, you know, TV show, um, and we want to produce movies, and we want to kind of do all of it, you know, like, why not? There you go. Bring back those cop you know? shows, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring back, you know, I'd like to make Hello Junkie. We have a short film. We just need to redo the music because we did we used unlicensed music and put that online and make it a feature film or maybe a TV show and and just go just do what we love cool well sounds like things are going well for you um, yeah can't the, complain we, all right oh and anything else you need to plug the the website is comedyfilmnerds.com yeah comedyfilmnerds.com you never know in these um, days our, like, what's that you never know it could be a dot net could be a a dot CA. Yeah, .gov, dot the governmental gov. agency. Yeah, you're... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's comedyfilmers.com, and we have, uh, you know, a whole store. We sell my CD, my Palm Strike shirts, all of Doug Benson's CDs. We're going to get his new CD that's coming out next month. We've got short and feature films for download. We've got uh, the movie reviews, and the, and the podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. We have an iPhone app and a Droid app. So uh, check it out. Cool, man. All right, will do. All right, well, thanks for talking to us, Graham. You got it, brother. Take care. All right, bye-bye.
And again, thanks to Graham Elwood for being on the podcast. Well, as you know, Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings are one of the uh, musical guests we rotate through PF's tape recorder, along with uh, Mike Travers and uh, Birdhouse. And uh, Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings have a new CD out. I'm holding it in my hands and fiddling it back and forth. It's called Another Storyline. Uh, amongst the tracks is a uh, wonderful, countrified cover of Temptation by New Order. And we're also going to play a new track from the CD. This is called Random Thoughts. And here's Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings. and the train wreck endings with the random thoughts from their new CD, Another Storyline. Easiest way to find out all about Andy Hawk and the train wreck endings, go to andyhawk.com. Done and done. You can get all the info you need there, find out how to order the CD. In the meantime, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at PF66. 
And as always, you can subscribe in iTunes and leave a comment. That's very helpful. Or you can stream it from Podbean, leave a comment there, or do both. Even more helpful. Uh, Graham Elwood will be in Lake Tahoe October 5th through 9th with Bob Zaney. He will be in Seattle October 28th at the Neptune Theater, October 29th at the Punchline in San Francisco, and October 30th in Sacramento at the Punchline there. All of those dates with Doug Benson. I will be a cheeseburger in Paradise Eastgate in Cincinnati hosting Come Monday's Trivia on October 3rd, which sounds like I'm making a joke, only not a very funny one, and I'm quite serious. For those of you planning to attend, another clue for you. Uh, There were quite a few there back in fake news, by the way, so you might want to go back and listen up. Anyway, here's another one. Uh, For suffering through the entire podcast, uh, I will give you this, uh, a very big clue. In fact, I'm just going to give you an answer. Um, I feel one of the funniest movies ever made was Airplane, and originally it was to be a a sequel of sorts to a movie that uh, Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker, who wrote and produced uh, Airplane, uh, it was a movie, it was to be a sequel to a movie they had produced before Airplane, and that film was called The Kentucky Fried Movie. All right, well, there you have it. Um, Had a lot of comedy on this week. Uh, Hopefully some of it was funny. And I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, as always, thanks for listening. Cho-cho, cho-cho, Chiffinch.